What do you get when you sit on a crown? A royal pain. We are not amused. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Welcome to take two. Yes. We tried earlier to record this episode and Baby Dot uh, was not having it. Nope. So this is take two. She continues to join us in the studio. Yes. Um, but so far, uh, she is uh, she is amused. Yes, but she's like the worst producer I've ever had. She doesn't work the board. She doesn't know how to plug in the equipment. And she won't stop talking during the recording. Really, all she does is stare at the ceiling fan. Yes, she's lost in it all day. She stares at the ceiling fan, dreaming of another life. Babies love ceiling fans. They do. They're hypnotic. And that's why we're talking about ceiling fans. No, no we're not. No. We're not. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about some uh, royal protocols. Royal protocols yeah you know the etiquette of what you're supposed to do what they're supposed to do mm. how like some of these the things queen, came about how do you like greet the dairy queen and the burger king and... exactly how they're always supposed to serve the blizzards upside down yes well they have to hold it upside down and if it falls out then you become dairy queen i'm on Some, uh, something I, I missed like that. that part uh and the burger king is allowed to come and go in your house as long as he's delivering burgers now I really want ice cream. Yeah, I really want Burger King burger. Oh, no. Oh, no. What are we going to do? No, that's not. Well, no, we're talking it's... about actual royal stuff. Yeah. Like what? Well, okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to our, our research assistant, and she writes a lot of copy for us, Alex. She went through um, probably like six pages of royals history and so I would be remiss if I didn't say a few things. Okay. Um, every everyone pretty much understands that royals uh, started are better than us. Well, the idea <laughs> is that they are ordained by heaven, right? Sure. That they're kind of like the king, the god on earth. Well, when you say everyone knows, I think what you mean is that was the going line. Yes. That was everyone. It's not like everyone knows it because it's true. Right. It's more like everyone knows it because that was just a thing that people talk about. It is It is said that the reason there are yes. royals is because they are ordained by God. Yes. That's the whole thing, right? With right. King Arthur and the Lady in the Lake is like, oh, yeah, it's chosen, chosen by God. That's why you got to get the Holy Grail. Sure. Even before that, right? Yeah. So, like, the Pharaoh Pharaohs, is king yeah. on earth, or sorry, God on earth. And, um, you know, the, the whole idea behind royal protocols is that these, uh, these, God kings mm -hmm. should be treated with the utmost difference and, and respect. Which, right? if I remember correctly, is part of the big, like, why there was so much beef between the Pope and Henry VIII, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because it was like, but I'm chosen by God. And it's like, okay, but you're disagreeing with me. Right. Like, God's chosen. And it's like, okay, well, then I'll, I'll start my own church. 
Exactly. Um, and this has been your history lesson from Travis Mackle. <laughs> so let's, we are specifically this week talking about the British royal line. Okay. Um, which arguably probably started in the year 1066. You mean British royalty in general, right? Yes. Not this line. Not this line. line. Okay. No, no. British royalty in general. Um, this was, this is usually classified as the medieval period. Um, and it, England at the time, uh, generally where England is stays the same. Yeah. Although the empire expands, waxes and wanes, yeah, as they say. Yeah, expands and contracts. Um, was ruled by Edward the Confessor. Of course. Um, who was Anglo- Anglo-Saxon. And again, he was referred to as an Anglo-Saxon saint. I believe, I think... It's an Eddie Izzard joke where they talk about, like, the confessor. Oh, he confessed to everything. And I think about <laughs> that now. Every time. Oh, yeah, I did that. That was me. Um, and then uh, what happens is the Norman conquest, right? Yes. And the Normans, which is, like, code word for French. Yeah. I think Norman. <laughs> it means French. Norman and Goth in Shakespeare's time are both kind I of code. Goth was, like, like Gaelic. Like tribe. Oh, maybe name. that's I it. I thought that was it. I thought Goth was like a Scottish, like clan thing. Oh, I mean, I can't believe I don't know that. But definitely Norman. Norman is code for French. Norman is French. That guy, Norman, he's French. Um, and that guy, William the Conqueror, he was French, and he conquered. Uh, yeah, it's right there in the name. It's right there on the tin, huh? Exactly. Uh, he ruled for. Pretty much, uh, you know, most of his lifetime, he ruled for sixty-nine. Uh, sorry, fifty-nine years. Um, and then see what happens is, then there's a lot of fighting, okay? And there's okay. always a lot of fighting. Um, but at this point in time, there weren't really any rules other than to the strongest go the spoils right yeah type thing um and there's no like everybody has a reason to dispute everybody else at this point right up until um henry the second um where he invoked the rule of two meaning okay that uh an heir to the throne is chosen in advance of the king dying. Oh, okay. So, okay, cool. So you could choose your heir. Exactly. And then it becomes a family thing. Well, I mean, maybe. It, it becomes who you chose. Uh, but there's no up, disputing the way, after death. Uh, the Goths were a nomadic Germanic people. Okay, great. So Goth is code word for German. Sure. And Norman is code word for French. Sure. Got it. Anyway. Um, and they have the opportunity of, like, ruling together, this air, this rule of two. Um, and then it was a great idea, right? But still people fight a lot. Oh, yeah. They didn't have anything else to do. They didn't have Xbox. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't have PlayStation. <laughs> they didn't have Wii. They didn't have Wii U. They didn't. What I'm saying is they didn't have any video games or Netflix. Lots of Civil War. Next comes Richard the Lionheart. Then comes King John. Um, After King John, there was a period, a a brief respite Mm -hmm. 
um, where it was just kind of oldest sons. Um, this is where a lot of like the the early Shakespearean histories come in. Right. Um, King John is the beginning of the history cycle, right? I think so. Yes. Oh, and, well, no. so there's the and, War of the Roses comes after this, right? Okay. So there's King John, some some history. Then War of the Roses, which is also part of part of the Shakespearean history cycle. Okay. Um, and this is where in uh, like Richard the Third happens, and then Henry the Eighth happens, and we know all about that. Yes, the history cycle, by the way, is King John, Richard the Second, Henry Four Part One, Henry Four Part Two, Henry Five, Henry Six Part One, Henry Six Part Two, Henry Four Part Three. I think it's supposed to be Henry VI, Part Three, Richard the Third, Henry the Eighth. Right. Um. So, okay. We then enter into uh, Lady Jane Grey, then Bloody Mary, um, then uh, Elizabeth. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's another good touchstone. Elizabeth. That's, That's Shakespeare time. Yes, Elizabeth when first, he was alive. Virgin Queen. Yes. Uh, and she was the last monarch in the house of Tudor. Yes. Okay, right? Um, and the then, Tudor dynasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Cromwell and yes. the Reformation and then the Restoration. Right, because the Reformation was the, you know, the, not Pilgrims, but what am I thinking? Who's the- Cromwell, that's what I but said. But who's the austere people? Puritans. The Puritans. Right. Yes. And then, finally, Parliament steps in and says, uh, we're we're starting over with Sophia of Hanover, who okay. was the granddaughter of King James. And they went, okay, this is where we're starting it. Um, and so that's where we get uh, George III, uh-huh. who... Uh, came to fame in the uh the musical Hamilton. <laughs> oh, okay. Finally, you really got uh, his name out there. Um and then Victoria. Okay. Right? And they were actually uh of German descent. We've mm-hmm. talked about this before. Um and so we come up to 1937. Okay. Wow, this is totally abridged. I just went through like five pages of history on this. Yeah. Uh Edward the Eighth, okay, um, abdicates because of Wallace Simpson. We've talked about that, uh huh. Um, and that's part of the protocol. By the right? way, Wallace Simpson, for whatever reason, whenever I hear that name, it, I will first picture in my head Wallace Shawn, mm-hmm. the actor who played uh, Fazzini in Princess Bride, and that is not at all nope. who Edward the Eighth abdicated for. Okay. Um. And that was part of royal pro- protocol because the rule was uh, that it would be scandalous to marry a divorced American socialite. Yeah. Uh, they were in different social classes. Um, they were from different backgrounds and her being married before. A real uh, Romeo and Juliet. Exactly. To keep invoking Shakespeare. <laughs> um, and then... 
uh, Queen Elizabeth II's father, George VI, uh, had to deal with World War II. Um, and that's when the pretty much the last of the British Empire broke up. Yeah. Um, and now we have, like I said, Queen Elizabeth II. She became queen uh, when her father died at 25, and she is still ruling today at 93 years mm-hmm. old. Do you know they only get the number when they actually become king or queen? That there is, like, you're not born being, Elizabeth, like, right. king. Yeah, you're just Elizabeth at that point. But then if you become king or queen, now you get that name. Now you get the, the number. Yes. Okay. Well, I know you know that. <laughs> Also, we talked about on the show before, like the the trying to line up, uh, like Scottish royal numbers, like of royalty and the English when they yeah yeah that that's like a whole thing. That's, that's a total weird thing. A real sticky wicket. Yeah, because you know they, there's like, well, this is James the first. Well, no, actually, no, this, this is, is James, James the, the first. first, right? Oh man, I mean, it's a uh, it is a. a, a Family tree with many limbs. Yeah, but I and also graftings. Think it's a weird convention, right? Yes. Because it's like they said, let's confuse every school child for the rest of time. Or it's like, wait, is Henry V or Henry VI? No, Henry IV. Okay, wait. No, who is Edward? Just name them like weird, different names that no one else has ever had. So when I'm like, Studemaman, you're like, oh, I know exactly who Studemaman is. Well, basically, I guess that's what they did with Pharaohs. Huh? Pretty much. I, I basically just said almost Tutankhamun, but I said <laughs> Studemaman. Because of Stuart. Sure. But what I'm saying Which is, is make, another royal they house. have a weird name so that every time it's like, I know exactly who that is. Or just say like King 3, King 4, Queen 5. That sounds like a chess game. Okay, we're going to figure this out by the end of this episode. Okay, so we're caught up. Right, we're caught up. Um, who practically, will be the next? who knows? Practically to Mexit. No, the next person is is the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles. She she has named him as her successor. I thought the way I thought the next one was the was Charles's eldest boy. No, once he be, once uh, Prince Charles is crowned king, then the next one will be Prince William. He will become the Prince of Wales. I thought he was going to skip Charles. I know nothing. No, they're not going to skip him. Not right. at this point. Okay. It could change. She gets to decide, but like... Okay. I really thought they decided to skip him. No. No? Not yet. They okay. haven't decided to skip him. Okay. He's actually the oldest Prince of Wales in history. Well, she's been kicking it a long time. Yeah. Do you think they would ever name me King? No. Okay. Oh, wait. Hey, can I go back and make a different weird joke there? Okay. In your history, you forgot to mention King Ralph, the American who became king. There's no kings in America. Did you ever see that documentary, though? No. What are we talking? It was was a a movie starring, I think, John Goodman, where it was like, oh, the kings died, and it turns out his eldest son is actually this American. It's not important. Not important. You know, there is actually uh, a king of America. Uh, He was not actually the king. But his name was, uh, or maybe Emperor, but Joshua Norton was his name. And it was a guy who uh, historically lived in San Francisco, I think in like 1920s or something. And he invested, there was like a trade embargo uh, against China. And so he invested all this money in rice, like I'll be rich. And like the next day they lifted the trade embargo and he was ruined. And he had a nervous breakdown. And when his, like 
the next time he surfaced, he had declared him that he was Joshua Norton, uh, the first king of America. Um, and he became this beloved figure who, like, they reserved, uh, like, seats for him at the opera, seats for, like, him and his two dogs at the opera. And, like, when he died, Mark, Tw- Mark Twain wrote his epitaph. And, like, thousands of people attended his funeral and stuff. It was a whole thing. That's all true. I mean, he wasn't really king. I'm looking but... at you incredulously because I've never heard about this. Oh, I think really? maybe you need to do a I an do episode a, on uh, it. I'll do, the next episode will be a bio episode on Joshua Norton. Holding you to it. Okay. Okay. And it's really hard when you're talking about him not to say Edward Norton. Just letting everyone know that. <laughs> so... Now, the British monarchy is a constitutional monarchy, uh, so the royal family still does have some power, not like they used to. Uh, because okay, I already got some details wrong. Parliament. Sorry, Emperor. We're of the not United even done with this okay. episode. Okay, you're right. Stop jumping the gun. It was like 1850s. Sorry, go on. Uh, but they do have some power. For example, the queen still has to stamp something with her approval before it becomes law. So um, she pretty much, when a law gets to her desk, she doesn't, like, veto it. Yeah. She literally rubber stamps it. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, And they are required to be staunchly apolitical, and they can't even vote. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because they're... As the royals of of England, they're supposed to be representative of all of their people. Hmm. Um, and so to vote for one over another would be showing preferential treatment, I think. Yeah, and an endorsement, too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true, because as a lifetime familial, you know, heritage, it's got to be something where it's like, we are so careful to try to maintain public opinion. Because it's one thing if you're like, I don't like who that person's married to, right? But right. it's another thing to be like, I fundamentally disagree with their like principles and their thing. Like then it right. would start to be tricky. You might and because a- they're paid for by the taxpayer, yeah. right? So everybody who pays taxes pays their salaries, keeps them, you know, in the in, money. In the money, yeah. <laughs> Um, and they do a lot of charity work. They have a lot of royal engagements and appearances. Um, in fact, Elizabeth, uh, in 2017, carried out 341 personal engagements. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's a ton of that's appearances a, I mean, it's almost one a day, on average. On average. There were probably multiple ones. I doubt, I doubt she was doing one a day for 341 days. Right? It's probably like, here's three on this day. Probably on this day. I mean, she definitely gets holidays off. You would think. I and hope. maybe Saturdays? Maybe Sundays? Maybe Sundays. Okay. Unless maybe she ap- appears at a church thing. Man, busy life. She is the head of the Church of England, so. That's true. Maybe Sundays count. Maybe Sundays count. Maybe she's doing her own. Maybe she's getting up there and so It reminds me of the Downton Abbey. What is a weekend? <laughs> I would love to hear more about the royals. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? One of the thing uh, one of our sponsors this week is Beta Brand and I'm seeing all over social media that one of the things that you can do to get into the mindset of 
working at the office while you're working from home is to get dressed every day. Beta I started doing that. I've been tweeting, I got dressed today. That's Hashtag, right. Hashtag, I got dressed today. And a lot of people have been doing it. And so Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants look professional and stylish, but are still super comfortable for hanging out at home. Um, they com- What Beta Brand does is they combine customer experience with their expertise to make workwear that's functional, comfortable, and inspiring, right? Just like your favorite workout gear. Their customer favorite, Dress pant yoga pants are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric, which makes them perfect for working long days at work or for working from home. They've got tons of different colors and styles, so you can choose from things like boot cut or straight leg or skinny or eight pocket. There's there's so many to take a look at. So right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com slash schmanners. Again, that's a great deal. 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash schmanners. So you can find out why people are buying like five pairs of these pants at a time. Go to betabrand.com slash schmanners for 25% off. We're also sponsored in part this week by HoneyBook. As a creative business owner, you know how to make your clients look good, but who's helping you look good? With HoneyBook, you can take on the day knowing everything is in one place, so you stay organized and always look professional. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. Simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit HoneyBook.com slash Schmanners. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to HoneyBook.com slash Schmanners for 50% off your first year. That's HoneyBook.com slash Schmanners. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from before, and I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun, where it belongs. You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions, animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish. I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things Jay Keith enjoys. False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats. Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True. Okay. When we last left off, we were learning about the royal family. Indeed. Okay. Um, let's start out on some etiquette. 
Okay, and we do have the words of a royal etiquette expert, uh, Mika Meyer. She is the founder of the Duchess Effect course at the Plaza Hotel, which is also lovingly called Princess Boot Camp. Oh. Uh, oh. She received Princess her- Boot Camp sounds like a fun Disney movie from the 90s. Oh, really? Like a made-for-TV movies that maybe a Hilary Duff might star in. It does kind of sound right? like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she received her etiquette training in England underneath a former member of Queen Elizabeth's household. Okay. Um... And she says that etiquette, royal etiquette in particular, is about relating to other people. Okay. Not being stuffy and formal, which I would say Queen Elizabeth has really come into. Um, Some would say that she was, you know, cold and distant as a young queen. But now there are lots of anecdotes. For example, in Michelle Obama's book, Mm -hmm. um, she talks about the incident where... She was uh, instructed to sit in a specific seat in a car, but when uh, with the queen. And when she was confused because that seat got taken, the queen was like, oh, did they tell you you have to sit there? That's rubbish. And let her sit wherever she wanted. You have to think, right? She's been doing this. She's been queen for 68 years, right? And you have to think, so that means what? That's, uh, tw- uh, what? Uh, 60, 1962, she became queen? Something like that, right? Something like that. So you got to think that in that time period, she must have had to be especially, like, kind of stuffy, right? To convey authority, right? Because sure. she was a 25 year old woman as queen, right? Mm-hmm. And so it had to be like, yeah, you know what? I have to be especially, like, Without, because if I'm seen like laughing and smiling, people might be like, oh, she's just like a giggly, you know, young woman, right? And now probably as she's gotten some time in the role and things have loosened up and people are like, yeah, that's Queen Elizabeth. She's probably easy. It's easier for her to let her hair down, as it were. Proverbial hair down. Her proverbial hair. Because her hair is actually quite short. Yes. And be a little chiller, you know, because it's like, what are they going to (laughs) do? Right? They're going to kick me out? Come on. Um, and some of her etiquette advice is really quite practical. Um, for example, one of the things that makes people kind of um, anxious is formal dining. Dining. <laughs> yeah. Formal dining. I'm, I'm cracking her up. Yep. Um, formal dining. Here are a couple of tips. Napkins, for example. Um, don't eat them. Don't eat them. Uh, take the napkin off your plate or wherever it is on the table, open it to the side, um, and then fold it in half so the crease is facing you. Okay. The idea is when you lift the napkin to dab a stain or what you're, whatever you need the napkin for, you use the inside of the napkin so all the stains are concealed on the inside of the napkin when you refold it. Oh, okay. So it doesn't look like you made any mess. <gasps> look at that Secret royal. Mess. She doesn't even make any mess. So wait, that's what the queen has to do, not what we have to do when we eat with the queen. I assume we would do it when we eat These with the are tips for formal dinners and occasions in line with dinner with the queen. Gotcha. Don't um, blow your nose in the napkin either. No, that's a don't, thing. Don't I do learned that. that the hard way. Mm. Uh, Queen another. Elizabeth razzed me about that for weeks. 
Apparently, she is quite funny and enjoys doing things like impressions. Yeah, she does this hilarious impression of me. If you ever get a chance, <laughs> if you ever meet her, say, do your Travis background. She'll say, oh, I can't. And you say, do it. And then she'll do it. And it sounds just like this. Rumor has it that she enjoys her own impressions so much that uh, Harry instructed Megan to uh, to tone down her acting prowess at uh, playing charades at Christmas. <gasps> oh. Be- not to upstage the queen, of yeah. course. Yeah, got it. Got it. I had to do that, too. You did? Yeah, Megan passed that on to me, and she was like, hey, chill it around the queen. And I said, no. And I turned it up, and then the queen was like, oh, a challenge. And like, <laughs> then it was like a whole thing. She was into, it became kind of an arms race, a charades arms race. We had a good time. We laughed. Had some mulled wine. The English love their tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, this expert says when, when pouring tea for the queen... One should firmly grasp the handle of the teapot with one hand and pour with your opposite hand on the lid to prevent spillage. Always a good idea. And if she's ever in a bad mood, you can sing, I'm a little teapot. She has it right up. I'm sure it does. Yeah, she loves it. Mm-hmm. Except she sings, we are a little teapot. Oh, right, because yeah. of the royal we. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just trying to get through this, everybody. Me too, baby. We're we all, all are. just trying to get through this. Uh, the handle of the teacup you're pouring into should be facing three o'clock. And to properly drink from your teacup, you should pinch your thumb and index finger around the handle and support the cup with your middle finger. The whole pinkies out thing? That's nothing. Not real. Yeah. Um, Did that just become a thing because people said it was a thing? Well, so we've, we talked about this briefly in the tea episode. And the thing is, teacups used to be very small. Yes. Um, and so the truth is there just wasn't room for one's pinky. Yes. Because if you're talking about holding it with your index finger and your thumb, right? I'm doing it now. It's supporting with your thing. That leaves you two fingers that are right. just... So either you had those curled under weird or they just kind of stuck out. They just kind of stick out naturally yeah. is the thing. But everybody makes a big deal about the pinky being straight up. But they were just such small cups. There wasn't room on the handle for your digits. Yep. Not like now. With our huge thermoses. I mean, I really enjoy a giant coffee cup. I, I am know. not going to lie. You know what they do? I haven't, I haven't had one of these in a long time. One of those like big Central Perk style cups that looks oh, like a soup bowl. Oh, looks like a bowl with a handle. Gotta get one of those. That's some coffee you could go swimming in. Uh, you may have noticed that um, all of the royal ladies sit a certain way. All the royal ladies. All the royal ladies. All the royal ladies. All the royal ladies. Put your hands up. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm not finding any of your jokes nope. funny today, and Why I hope that Why should today pe- be any different, my love? <laughs> I hope that people at home forgive me. No, it's okay. I, I doubt very much that I bet most of these people right now are thinking, I wish you would just shut up and not trace <laughs> talk. And that's fine. I know my role here, and my role is an eye roll, really. That's my role is... Oh, no, I laughed too hard and woke our daughter up. Well... Uh, that's why I've been trying to not be funny this whole time. Just I'm trying to do my part. That's it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're really welcome. It's hard. It. Oh, to stifle all this comedy, it's hard. So, the particular way of sitting is you are to sit with your legs slanted to the side. Okay. And then take your hands and link them lightly or place one hand over top of the other. Uh, this way of seating 
elongates the legs, Ooh. conceals one's modesty if they are wearing a skirt. Oh, I understand. And um, obviously turns plain old Anne Hathaway into Mia Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia. Sure. Is that from Princess Diaries? It is. Okay. That was a funny joke that Alex put in there. I had to put in it. Okay. I had to say, I appreciate all her jokes. Not like you. What? You what? don't appreciate my jokes or I don't appreciate Alex's jokes? What are you saying there? I'm saying that you don't appreciate Alex's jokes. Whoa, how dare you? <laughs> I thought that was the safer of the two. Okay. No, I've accepted that you don't accept, you don't appreciate my jokes. Oh. I think Alex's jokes are hilarious. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page yeah. then. Um, so, a, f- a few other things. Uh, the Windsor Wave is quite popular. Um, keep your elbows down, fingers together, and a slight movement of your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that that was, that's also been immortalized in TV and movies. We've seen that. Yeah, I mean that's what people think of when they think of the like beauty queen way right. too. Right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Where you're, like slightly twisting at the wrist. Yes. Um, one thing that has been revisited. Uh, as far as royal protocol goes, is the curtsy and the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, the, the fashion is no longer the large sweeping dresses or you don't have to pick up your skirts when you walk or anything like that. Um, now so, it's just finger guns and a wink. <laughs> Not pew, quite. Pew. Uh, the bow has turned into more of a head nod, right? Mm, Slight yes. nod of the head and neck. And the curtsy is also quite subtle. Um, One leg back behind the other, bend at the knee, and kind of again bow the head. It is, as I said, a gentle nod of your chin with your eyes to the floor. Um, And the first way that you address the queen is you will say, Your Majesty. Right, but after you have addressed her formally, you can just call her "ma'am" or "mum." Uh, no, "mum" is mother. So make it a "ma'am" that yes, rhymes ma'am. with "ham." Yes, ma'am. Mom. 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 We shouldn't do that. <laughs> we sound bad. <laughs> we do. We do sound bad. Please forgive our crass but American isn't she the accents. Queen mother, you can say "mom," right? No. 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 That weird? Okay. That's weird. Okay. Time for some weird stuff. Okay. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. There it is. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Okay. That um, was going on the soundboard. <laughs> so I want to talk about the Ravens. The Queen's Ravens. The Queen's Ravens. At the time, they were the King's Ravens. Um, they are six, six-ish Ravens who live uh, at the Tower of London. Yes. And they've been there since the 1600s. Isn't it um, weird that that is a true thing? Yeah. And yet there's never been like a cartoon or movie or something that's like the Ravens that's like, let me tell you a little bit about I history. mean, maybe there has, but oh, we think? live in the U.S. And so maybe that's just the thing that they have in England. I mean, maybe. That would so, be a fun thing to tweet us about. Yeah. If there's like cartoons or movies or stuff based off these ravens please let me know why are there six ravens on top of the tower of london uh they live there sure 
Um, and the thing is, the royal astronomer complained to King Charles II that the birds were a pest and should be disposed of. And Charles was like, okie dokie. But a courtier stepped in and declared that if the ravens were harmed, the monarchy would fall. So now the job of the Beefeaters, other than to protect the Tower of London, is to take care of the ravens. There is a raven master, right? Yes, there is. Now, here's what I'll say. That's great. I love that, and I'm glad the ravens are protected. It's weird to me that this all began because somebody just stepped up and said, if you hurt them, then, oh, it's going to be bad for the monarchy. And nobody went, why? (laughs) But they just went, oh, good point. I think it's just one of those things where, like, the ravens have always been there. Yeah. And to get rid of them would, like, be such a crazy... It's like changing your crazy... socks before the big game. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what it is. All right. Another weird thing. Uh, Queen Elizabeth has two birthdays. Oh? The first one is her actual date of birth, June... Uh, sorry, April 21st. Uh, and then the celebration of the, quote, head of state birthday which is normally celebrated the second Saturday in June. Okay. King George started it because he wanted better weather and a parade on his birthday. Man, I get that. Oh, boy, I get that. Imagine, you know, it's like, you know, your birthday's in, like, July, and it's like, no one's ever in school. I can't have cupcakes on my birthday, right? And then you're like, so I'm just going to start doing them on my birthday in, like, September. And you're the queen, and you get to do it. You can do it. Um, we already told because Baby Dot's birthday is very close. It's like with what within two weeks of Christmas, right? And so I've already decided that when she gets a little older, I'm going to say like, "When do you want to celebrate your birthday?" And that's when we'll celebrate it. That your birthday will be January seventh, but if you want to celebrate your birthday like in April, cool. Sounds good to me. Um, also, the Queen doesn't need a passport or a driver's license because all of those are issued in her name. Oh, that's true. Also, yeah. she can just, like, hold up the money and say, like, this, this is, is me. This is me. <laughs> uh, do you know who I am? I'm on money. I'm on the money. I'm the money lady. And in addition to all of her jewels and priceless heirlooms and uh, other things, the crown has the legal right to any whales, sturgeon, or dolphins that wash up ashore or are captured within three miles of the of the UK shoreline. Huh. This is in addition to the swans, right? The queen has, uh, the crown has rights to all swans in England. Yes, but if the, if so if a whale, if I'm hearing you correctly, if a whale gets beached, it's the queen's problem. Not problem, property. Okay. Is that something to be desired? I'm not being flippant. Is someone like, that beach whale's mine. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. There's a bunch of stuff you can use on a whale. I mean, sure, but weird. Okay. And sturgeon are super rare. Um, in fact, Tell so me about rare. It. I just caught one in Animal Crossing. It took me like three days to get that bad boy. Uh, so rare <laughs> that off the coast of Britain in 2004, a fisherman had to actually fax Buckingham Palace for the permission to keep one that he caught. Huh. Okay. Faxes. Um, speaking of fish, another weird thing. If you're a royal, or if you go to a royal banquet, you will never see shellfish. Um, Only generosity. Well, <laughs> that was a good one. I Thank like that you. one. Uh, not because anyone is specifically uh, allergic to it in the royal family, um, although they'd never know because they're not supposed to eat it. It has a high potential for food poisoning. Oh. 
uh, which would be embarrassing for yeah. a royal. Yeah. Um, and the other things they can't have for this same reason, they are not to eat rare meat, drink tap water from other countries, or eat food that has been heavily spiced. Huh. Just to save face if it upsets their tummy, I guess. Well, yeah, and you wouldn't want to have that moment where you see them, like, eating, and then they're, like, their eyes are watering, and, you know, snot's coming out of their nose, Yeah, it right? doesn't, doesn't, it's not attractive. That's it's not, not a good, good look. look. Okay. Well, I think that that is going to do it for us. Oh, uh, I have one more thing. Oh, one more thing? Okay. Actually, two more things. Okay, two more things. Yes. Um, so, uh, to go with eating, it is uh, royal etiquette that you stop eating when the queen finishes eating. Um, and, and that sucks. She's a fast eater. Well, this rumor uh, rumor has it that this started when Victoria was on the throne and she could, like, mainline her meals. Nice. Um, but uh, at this point, uh, Queen Elizabeth always keeps her salad course on the table. Should she finish her meal and notice that everyone else is not done, she usually kind of just picks at her salad for a while Chill. until she decides that most people are done. I like that. So she continues eating out of out of Respect, compassion. Politeness, yes. Okay. Really. Last thing. The royal corgis yes. are not to be disciplined by palace staff. They are allowed to roam freely throughout the palace as they please. Uh, so, uh, if somebody, if a corgi poops in your shoe. So be it. So be it. That's royal poop. Uh, they have a gourmet diet and the palace kitchen receives a doggy menu each month. They are served uh, in order of seniority on silver platters. Nice. Well, it's good to be the queen. Yeah, and the corgis. And the corgis. So, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you are listening to this before Friday, April 3rd, I am hosting a live stream show uh, Friday, April 3rd, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I do a thing here in Cincinnati called Cincinnati Underground Society Show, where I bring all of my great performer, comedian, musician friends from all over. Uh, we come here, we do a secret society show where we don't announce who the guests are going to be. We don't normally film it or record it in any way, and you got to be there to watch it. But, and the decor is so spooky. Spooky. But with the current circumstances, we have moved to a live streaming uh, kind of model, so you can watch it now from anywhere. Uh, for like a week, right? For like a week. So basically how it's going to work is tickets are $5, and the proceeds of that are going to a charity called Direct Relief, where they are raising money to provide uh, equipment and and supplies for healthcare workers responding to COVID-19. Um, and you will get the link to watch the show, and then you will also have a link to watch it for a week after the show goes up. So even if you're unavailable on the 3rd at 8 p.m., no worries, you can watch it for a week after that. Uh, and we have like 10 or more guests. Uh, it's co-hosted by my Vice Travis, Tybee Diskin. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. You can get your tickets at bit.ly slash cusslive, C-U-S-S-L-I-V-E. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Uh, also, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, what else, Teresa? We always like to thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to um, Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art, which is at SchmannersCast. When we give the call out for questions for our etiquette segments, uh, that's where we ask for them. So please... Follow us on Twitter. 
Um, then also, we like to thank Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan run Facebook group. Um, if you would like to give and get excellent advice, that is the place to go find other fanners of Schmanners. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. Thank you to Alex. Oh, thank you to Alex. Ah, thank you, Alex. We couldn't do it without we you. We mentioned her already, but she it bears repeating. Thank and you that's so going to do it for us this week. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.